So this morning, I, uh, I'd like to talk about grace. And you say, well, you know, we know grace and everything. Well, that's, that blesses my heart that you know grace and you love grace. Uh, Brother Bill read in the scripture lesson, bless the Lord. Well, I'll just read two verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Why would we bless him? Why would we be grateful to him? Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So as we look at his benefits and, and we remind one another and are reminded of his benefits, uh, and one of his benefits is grace. And so I want to talk about grace. I'd like for us to review grace. Again, I'm, I'm thankful that you uh, love grace and you know grace. Very grateful and, and thankful for that. Uh, so before I read our text, I'd like to read in First uh, uh, Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five and uh, verse seven and eight. It says, "Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you." This was written to his elect, by the way. It wasn't written to everyone without exception. For he careth for you. And I, I don't think I'll read verse 8 right now. But So as we talk about grace, keep that in mind. He says to his elect, for he careth for you. So our text is in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. And again, keeping in mind to his elect. And the second, second Peter is also written to his elect. But uh, the same ones. But uh, 2 Peter chapter 2 or chapter 3. I'd like to read verse 17 and 18. Keeping in mind that he careth for you. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing that ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Uh, let me pause there for a second. I mentioned several times before, I talked to an individual, and, and uh, they said, well, they didn't used to doubt their salvation, but... You know, lately, they had been doubting your salvation. And, of course, my uh, answer to them was there's only one reason you would doubt your salvation because you're not trusting in the grace of God and Jesus Christ. That's the only reason you'd ever doubt your salvation. She had a big list of reasons, and, and what I told her was true. All this big list of reasons was all she wasn't trusting in the Lord. So... Uh, so, and she had fallen. This says, uh, fall from your own steadfastness. Fastness. You're not falling from the grace of God. You may fall from the teaching. You may fall from the belief of the grace of God. But she had fallen. She, uh, apparently, at one point, she believed in Jesus Christ. And of course, she would argue that she still believed in him at that time. But, but she wasn't trusting in him for her salvation. That's why she doubted it. But so she had fallen from the steadfastness that she had. 
And as we study the scriptures, and we have our Bible studies, and as you study on your own, I want you to be grounded in the grace that we talked about, and to let that be your steadfastness. But when you come across a certain scripture, don't let that cause you to fall from the steadfastness that you have. Because if it appears that way, you're not understanding that scripture. So don't ever fall from your steadfastness, which is in the plan of salvation of the Father through grace and Jesus Christ. Now verse 18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So, beware. We have a beware. We have a beware, and then we have a cure for that beware. So, if I can give some earthly examples to help me understand this and, and understand what I uh, have in mind. So, I may uh, say, uh, beware, it's cold outside, you should have a coat. I might say, beware, it's raining outside, you should take an umbrella. So we have the danger, we have the recommended cure. Uh, had someone call me the other day, and they had a... a funny taste in the water, and so forth and so on. And uh, uh, my recommendation was, okay, probably take a sample to the health department. Uh, but beware, my recommendations, take a sample to the health department. Uh, we might have tornado warnings. And if you, if you was at my house, I would say, be aware or beware, not be aware. Well, be aware too, but beware there's a tornado headed our way. So my cure or my suggest, my recommendation would be down the basement, go down the basement, and we have a finished basement. So under the steps, there's a wall on both sides of the steps with a door. So I would say tornado warning is the warning. My recommended cure Get under the steps where it's walled and, and probably the safest place in the house. That would be my, uh, my recommendation for a cure. Uh, I might say uh, we had a battery in one of the cars. It was fairly new, but it was acting kind of funny. And so if you have a battery like that, I might say, be, beware. And I might say, my cure may be... Uh, not Marie's cure. I remember one time Marie had a, a bad battery in a car, and what she do? She traded cars. I remember that. But anyway, and Dolores, about the same way, Dolores doesn't like something's not dependable. But anyway, uh, so I, I might say, well, you know, I'm not sure about this battery. I might say, okay, this is my recommended cure that you would. Uh, we have these jump boxes now. Sometimes they're just little like this. Sometimes they're a little bigger. And if, the, if you're out and you have trouble, take that jump box. And I might say, okay, you hook the red battery uh, cable to the red terminal and the black to the black. And, and that, should, that should get you going. So we have, the, we have the danger. We have the cure. 
we might say, might say, okay, there's a lot of burglaries in your neighborhood. And they've been going in and not only robbing people, but they've been killing them and, and, and stabbing them and so forth. So I might say, beware. And then I might get out uh, Keith, my judge, with a pistol of a certain name, takes a 45 or a 410 shell. And I might say, okay, this is how you do this, and this is how you, you uh, uh, load it and cock it and, and aim it and so forth. Of course, with a 410 shell, you know, it'd be very accurate. You can hit them about anywhere. But that would be my, that would be my cure, danger and cure. If you would ask, if, if, if you'd say, well, there's a lot of burglaries in my neighborhood, what should I do? I'm not going to say, well, you know, um, maybe you should make fudge. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be my answer for, uh, I don't think that would stop the burglaries. <laughs> uh, or if you say, you know, my, my car battery's been acting funny, what would you suggest? I wouldn't say... Uh, make chicken noodle soup. Uh, I, I'm stuck on food, you see. But, uh, but my cure should be something that would uh, remedy or make you safe from this danger. So in our text, this is what we see. Uh, verse 17 talks of the danger. Beware, lest ye also being led away with error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. So beware. We have this uh, doctrine and error of the wicked out there. So what's the remedy? What's the cure? But growing grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the cure. We w I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say, or it doesn't say, beware of the error of the wicked, that you fall from your own steadfastness, so you better turn over a new leaf. You better pray a little harder. You better review those 613 law of Moses and... Uh, and, uh, and keep all of them. That's not what it says the cure is or the remedy. So it gives the remedy, grow in grace. And in knowledge. Knowledge of the law of Moses. Knowledge of how to fix chicken noodle soup. Knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, again, I, and I realize you know this, and I'm thankful and grateful that you know this. But I'd like to look at it again this morning because it brings me great comfort, and I pray that it does you as well. So the word grace, if you look at it in the Hebrew and the, and the Greek, it is similar, but it means grace, kindness, favor, and I like this. Bend or stoop in kindness to an inferior. Show favor, show mercy. 
So, you know, we may look at watch some old movies or something. They'd go before the king uh, or some before the pope, and they may bow before him. Bowing before a superior, as in the case of an earthly king or something, they would bow before they went before the king. Uh, didn't one of our ex-presidents go to another country and kind of bow to uh, somebody? It's been a few years ago. But anyway, so they would bow before a so-called superior. But grace is the opposite of that. A superior bending or stooping in kindness to an inferior. That's what grace is. So uh, the grace of our Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ, giving grace and kindness and favor to an inferior. So that's what grace is. So let's look at some scriptures. And Chuck, he's talking about, had all kind of scripture lessons in this book. And grace, and it's full of grace. So let's, let's look at a few. Uh, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And by the way, grace is here even when you don't see the word grace. But we'll try to stay where the word grace is, is used primarily. But we can see the example of a superior bowing to us, doing favor to us in many places where the word, again, grace is not even used. So John, Gospel of John chapter 1, and, uh, you know, it talks about Jesus Christ in the beginning and so forth. But let's go over to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, a glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ was full of grace and certainly truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's full of grace. Uh, 15, John bore witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received. And grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I don't think we'll read it this morning, but the scripture talks about, okay, if, if your salvation is works, then it's no more grace. As I gave you the definition of grace, it didn't say, uh, okay, you work for a certain period of time and you get what's due to you because you worked a certain period of time. In other words, a paycheck or, or something like that, or if it's a, some kind of a pension or something, because you worked these years and so forth, then you get this. Uh, but that's because works. You get what you deserve or what you're owed. And uh, Mort reminds us occasionally that God would judge us 
not by our merit, but by his mercy. I don't want what I deserve. I hope you don't want what you deserve. Look, if I say that, then I don't know who I am and what I am. I don't know that I'm forgetting that I'm a descendant of Adam. I don't want what I deserve. I want grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So if it's by the works of the law, either the law of Moses or all these other things people come up with, and they come up with like, okay, this, this body... Uh, and you shouldn't eat uh, white bread, you shouldn't eat this, and of course then they get into smoking, drinking, all these other things. Uh, but they go, to, they go beyond the law of Moses, and the law of Moses, you people know, those that look to it, they pick and choose some things out of there. So, if it's by works, it's no longer of grace. So beware of those, the heir of the wicked, that would point you to law or works or you or any other man except Jesus Christ. Hebrew chapter 12 And uh, this is what I was wanting to read a few weeks ago, and I couldn't, it slipped my mind. I'd written down the wrong scripture, and I could not think where it was. So, um, the cure is grace. But, so where do you go? Do you, do you go running to the law of Moses? Do you go running to what uh, the wisdom of man that tells you? Where do, you, where do you go? Where do you look to for the salvation of your soul? Where do you look to for eternal life? Well, this scripture in Hebrew tells you where not to go and where to go. So Hebrew uh, 12, and let's start in verse 18. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempt us. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched a mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a spear. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. So this is where the law on Mount Sinai, this is where the law of Moses was given. And it has many names. The law of Moses, the law God gave to uh, Moses to give the children of Israel. We studied that one time for many months. I think it was over a year possibly. I can't remember now. Very good study for me. I, I learned much from it. But uh, it says you don't, you don't go there. You, you don't go to that mount. You don't go to the law of Moses. So that's not where we go. There, many go there. Well, let me just say this. The way of the wicked, that's where they'll point you. Law of Moses. And you say, well, can you keep that? Well, the Lord, if you just do the best you can. And again, they'll pick out some things. 
I said, well, okay, do you ever work on Saturday? That would be a Sabbath. So anyway, so, but we don't go there. We don't go to the law of Moses. We don't look to the law of Moses. We don't trust in the law of Moses. And when you talk about trusting, you're trusting in your works and the law of Moses is the way it's looked at. 21, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I, I exceedingly fear and quake. And, and I remember before the Lord brought me into uh, the light uh, of his church, I was terrible, felt terrible and quaked. I've told you many times, I didn't even want to drive by the church building out of Arabia. And I wasn't that bad of a kid. Yeah, I was a kid and I was, <laughs> I was ornery, but I wasn't... Uh, as bad as, as some were, uh, I suppose. But I, I was terrified. And as I began to study the scriptures as an adult, and I thought, well, I'll just, because I had a desire a couple of years before the Lord ever brought me into the church, I had a desire for a couple of years, and I thought, well, I'll just start Genesis 1-1. And when I got up to the law of Moses, I fear and quake. I thought, well, there's no way for me. I didn't understand that it was talking about the Lord, which most people don't. But, so that's not where we go. Verse 20, so where, what is the cure? Verse 22. And this gives a lot of descriptions, but it's talking about the same thing. But you are come to Mount Zion. And the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, firstborn who are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So, we're sinners, we're sinners in Adam. That's the danger part, I guess. Well, that's not really danger, but that's where people, uh, the cure is grace, is what I'm trying to say. The cure is grace. We don't go to that law of Moses. And I know most all of the religious world, that's where they go. That's what they look to. That's why they say, well, I doubt my salvation. Because when you're looking at the law of Moses, you're looking at yourself and your ability to keep it. I was at someone's house one time. They had, to, they had ten of the commandments on the wall. And they said, uh, the law's not bad. I said, I didn't say it's bad, but we're not under the letter of the law. We look at the spirit of the law. I mentioned the Sabbath uh, the, the, the letter of the law, the Sabbath would be the seventh day of the week, which would, be Sabbath, which would be Saturday. But the spirit of the law, who is our Sabbath? The Lord Jesus Christ is our rest. He's our Sabbath. We're not to defile that. How would we defile our rest in Jesus Christ? By looking to the law of Moses and our works. That would be defiling our rest and defiling our Sabbath. Uh... Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. 
and uh, verse 22. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the first church. Out of that uh, came other churches. Then tidings of these things came to the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they should cling, or they would cling unto the Lord. So uh, Barnabas went down there to Antioch, and what did he see? Oh, he saw they believed in grace. That's what he saw. Uh, when he saw the grace of God, he, he was glad. And isn't it, isn't it a blessing? And especially as we have our Bible conferences. Because you don't see it a lot. People really believe in grace. Isn't, isn't that a blessing? And if you just talk to someone uh, unexpectedly that seems to believe in grace, what a blessing that is. So he went down there, and, and when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cling unto the Lord. And when we say cling unto the Lord, we're talking about the grace that was bestowed upon us as he went to the cross and died for your sin. It was grace. That was in a, a, a superior bowing to us as an inferior. And that's grace. He didn't have to go to the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels. But he did. Uh, let's go to the 13th chapter of Acts, maybe. And... Uh, Start in verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. That's through Jesus Christ. Grace through Jesus Christ. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So, Justified from all things, that by the law of Moses you couldn't be justified. But people are still, still clinging to the Lord, clinging to the law of Moses. Can't be justified that way. You say, well, uh, and by him all that believe, you have to believe. His elect will believe, but it's not your believing that justifies you. It's the grace of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. That's what justifies you. Not the law of Moses, not even your belief. But on belief, says all that believe, well, who's going to believe? Acts 13, 48, all that were ordained to eternal life believed. And the believing doesn't get them eternal life. Because they were ordained to eternal life, he has caused them to see and to believe. Uh, and 39 again and, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses 
Beware. Here's another beware. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish, for I work a work in you in your days, a work which ye shall in no way believe, though a man declare it unto you. And, uh, and when the Jews were gone out in the synagogue, the Gentiles besought uh, that these words might be preached to them in the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many other Jews and religious proselytes, see these were, these were people that were not Jews, but they proselyted them, they were Gentiles, but proselyted them into the Jews' religion. Which, well, we can read a lot of scriptures on that. But this says that, that many of them, uh, many of the Jews and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. They had been taught to continue in the law of Moses, hadn't they? But uh, through uh, uh, the grace of God, and Paul and Barnabas was preaching unto them the grace of God through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what he told him. Uh, the cure was continuing the grace of God. And that's what I would say. Don't look to the law of Moses. Now, the law of Moses, again, as we studied that, what a great study it is, when he calls us to see, it's talking about Jesus Christ. The, the, the priest there offering up sacrifices talking about Jesus Christ the blood sacrifices is talking about Jesus Christ the uh, uh, the silver as atonement money uh, is talking about Jesus Christ and his atonement it's all talking about Jesus Christ if he'll open our eyes that we can see that Acts 15 And, uh, and we've taught on this many times, we've studied this many times, but let's, uh, let's read it. And start in verse 1. And certain men who came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. That's what we hear. That's what some, even from the first church at Jerusalem, that's what some went down there. And of course, there's debate. Uh, some said, well, we didn't send them, but nevertheless, this is what we have recorded. But they told him, oh, it's, it's the, yeah, we, we believe in Jesus Christ, but it's the law of Moses, or you can't be saved. Wherefore, uh, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem and to the apostles and elders about this question. Well, is it the law of Moses or is it grace of Jesus Christ? Which is it? And being brought on their way by the church, they were sent by the church, uh, church authority, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversation of the Gentiles and caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and elders and they declared all the things that God had done with them. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees who believed. Now, so many of the Pharisees says, oh, he's a Beelzebub and so forth and so on. But there were some then here says, no, I believe Jesus Christ, you know, came from God. 
But we see they didn't understand something, though. Uh, but there rose certain of the sect of the Pharisees who believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So we see where they were pointing them. And the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much disputing, and there's, there's a lot of disputing about the law of Moses today. People want to cling to it. There's a lot of disputing. Uh, and when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said to them, and, and our lesson this morning is based on uh, Peter's uh, letter there. Uh, and when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God who knoweth the hearts bore them witness, giving them the Holy Spirit, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why put God to the test to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? He's talking about the law of Moses. That's what they said. They said, well, yeah, we believe Jesus. He's not a Beelzebub. But you've got to keep the law of Moses to be saved. So Peter's asking them after much disputing. And I imagine it was rather heated sometimes. Peter says, why do you want to put this yoke upon the neck of the disciples? You can't keep it. Our fathers couldn't keep it. They can't keep it. But yet you put this yoke upon their neck. Our fathers won't be able to bear it. And then look at verse 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. How are we saved? Through the law of Moses? Through baptism? Through doing the best you can? How are we saved? He says, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. That's our salvation. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So, I know most of the world, and, and this is such a good description here. These uh, uh, Pharisees that believed, and Chuck, we run into them all the time. We see them on television. We read after them. Oh, we believe in Jesus Christ, and we love Jesus Christ. But you've got to keep the law of Moses. And everything else that we add to it, and we pick and choose from that, they take, or do the best you can, that's where, they, that's where they point you today. And you tell them, we believe it's through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. Then they'll say, well, you believe, you can just do whatever you want to do. What I believe is through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. That's the only way. Now, we can be saved from other things, as we talked uh, recently, uh, uh, baptism saves us from certain things and there's things to be saved from but the salvation of our soul is through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the plan of the Father uh, well I had so much more 
There's hundreds of other graces mentioned in the scriptures that we don't have time for. Uh, let's, let's go back to 1 Peter again. Let me read this uh, concerning us. 1 Peter 4. And let's just go to verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards, stewards good stewards of what? Of the manifold grace of God. That's what we're stewards. That's what we're witnesses of. The manifold grace of God. I'm not a steward or a witness or a minister of the letter of the law of Moses. By the grace of God, I'm not. Because if it wasn't the grace of God, I'd be preaching it just like the rest of the world is. But it says, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Penny, we don't want to point people anywhere else other than the grace of God. Are they going to believe it? Yeah, most of them are not. Are they going to uh, say things about you? Yeah, most people will. And our text, again, we're certainly not going to get through this, but our text, after talking about beware, lest you be led away with the air of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness, fastness, but grow in grace. That's the cure. Tornado, I might say, go under the steps. If it's raining, take an umbrella. But concerning being aware of the air of the wicked, grow in grace. That's where we point them, grow in grace. And then it says something else, which we don't have time to cover. Grow in grace and in the knowledge. How to make chicken soup or fudge? No, in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. That's the cure. Be, here's your beware, here's the danger. And the cure given to us, grow in grace. And knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So many people that tell how much they love him, how much they trust him, and so forth, they don't have any knowledge of him. Uh, we've got about three minutes left. Uh, well, you know, First Peter says he's not willing that any should perish. And they'll say, see, he wants everybody to go to heaven. He's not willing that any should perish. Well, they don't know my Lord. Because everyone that he wants in glory will be in glory. And that scripture, Peter, it says regarding us. Not the they's and the them's, but the us. He's not willing any of them to perish and not one of them will perish. But see, they don't know Jesus. They think that he wants everybody to be there. So... They're saying, unawares, he failed. They don't know him. They don't know him. 
let's close with John chapter 10. And you're very familiar with it, as you're very familiar with grace. And I want us to be familiar and grounded and, and, and loving of grace. But it says, growing grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, here's something about Jesus Christ. And we want to, and this is, this is what we're to be good stu stewards of. Grace. That's, we're to be good stewards of grace that we give it to others. That's our ministry. So, grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, here's something about Jesus Christ in John 10. And I'll start in verse 27. And again, this is all just facts. It's factual. It's not conditioned on anything. It's all just factual. So this tells us something about Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 27, My sheep. How did he get to be a sheep? Well, this tells us that the Father gave them to him. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. It doesn't say some of them will or those that try hard. This is just factual. It's not conditional. My sheep hear my voice. And again, it's not, well, the ones that try hard, the ones that study more, and I'm a big fan of study. I wish I could study more. I wish we all could. But my sheep hear my voice. That's fact. And I know them. Certainly that's a fact. And they follow me. That's a fact. And I give it to them eternal life. He doesn't offer it. That's a fact. He gives them eternal life. This is our Savior Jesus Christ. That we're to grow in knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, this is Jesus Christ. I give it to them eternal life. He doesn't offer. And they shall never perish. This is Jesus Christ. We're to grow in knowledge of him. Grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and they'll never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So, the beware, <laughs> beware of... Uh, the error of the, of the wicked that would point you to the law of Moses or point you to yourself and your works. But the, the cure or the prayer or however you want to put it, but grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and our Savior. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed. <laughs>